0: Hello, hi, and bienvenue to Lost in Translation, where I explore with a guest a word that draws upon their experience, their life story, their culture, and their point of view so no one ever gets lost in translation. I'm Cynthia Bernard, and together, let's bridge gaps, embrace different cultures, and honor every single voice. Welcome to Lost in Translation, where we unlock the true meaning behind words, ensuring that no one ever gets lost along the way. listening. Hope everyone's doing well on this mid, oh my god already, mid-October 2023. Hi, I'm Cynthia, your host for Lost in Translation, also one of the hosts, one of the hosts of, um, what is it, uh, On a Water Break. (laughs) On a Water Break. We're going to celebrate our first year anniversary of On a Water Break and the 50th episode next week so let's stay tuned for that or maybe this week so i don't know when that this episode is gonna air um but just a reminder it's been a while that i haven't done this i'm Cynthia. i'm from canada i speak mostly french or at least that's what i'm the most comfortable in and um and i will explore with a guest anyone that wants to talk to me a word um, so never get no one gets lost along the way, because we all have different meanings and experiences. And today, I'm having for the second time <laughs> <laughs> the chance and the honor of interviewing a very special person to me and to a lot of people I know, Leticia Miran, Salut, Leticia. Hello. Hi. She's um, right now very far, but so close from home for me. She's my local, how do you say local? chuchu <laughs> I don't know what it is in English but uh an, an international amazing performer and other thing for most because a lot of people know you at the as the international person but to me you're you're not right we're both from so up close and for people that are interested uh L'Ethia was supposed to be my first episode <laughs> but um I'm sure that Leticia is used to this uh, with me. She was my, not that you're my first in a lot of things, but I kind of tried things with her and on her and it failed because I was clicking my pen the entire time and pouring water. And so as much as the interview was interesting, it was a lot more of ASMR than content in the end. (laughs) So we're almost, I don't know when that was interview that was done. When we anyways. Before the summer. Before the summer. So we're doing it again and I'm happy and hopefully you'll be a regular and not just a regular. This can become our project because I miss you. Not just and, and you're I think you'd be interesting to all the people. So alo Litzia. So do you wanna do you want me to talk about you? Do you wanna say a little bit who you are? Who do you want? Who I am as a person as a color guard person whatever you want like usually there's a th- 32 count ho- 32 count introduction where they do a doctor Beat but I won't have you live this because it's completely crazy yeah it's 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 a it's something but um but yeah who where were you from? Where did you learn color guard where are you at now and in so, the betweens I'm from Montreal, Canada.
1: And I started color guard when I was about eleven. Um, with actually, with you, <laughs> it was at my high school. I signed up because my mom <laughs> strongly encouraged me to. God loves our mom. We love. Um, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I liked <laughs> color guard better, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I um, so I did color guard for the five years of my secondary school. I started doing drum corps during that period, so I started with a local drum corps, and I mean local. They still DCI, local to us, but, yeah. Uh, I ended up doing a bunch of different drum corps. I went through Arthur Caballero Vanguard Cadets, Santa Clara Vanguard, Phantom Regiment, and ended up my last two years um, and aged out in twenty twenty two with Boston Crusaders. I in the winter I marched with Liz Eclipse again with you um and for five years and then last year I was with the Pride of Cincinnati and this year I'm very excited to be with Lexus Winter Garden
0: Mm -hmm. and um so you were with Boston for just two summers was it the COVID summer and the last one exactly ah I don't know why I thought you were there the year before but that I yeah um and you were also part are you still is that, how long is that leadership wgi program thing it is my last
1: year at okay. the
0: wgi future leaders program i was in so, the
1: inaugural class
0: so it's a three-year program it's a, yes it's a three-year program okay and what are you doing this year do you know is there so uh generally every year
1: we work with um people within WGI and with the board to present proposals and ideas that we think could improve WGI or the experience or the general community. So this year, actually on Monday, is our board meeting and to present our proposals. So hopefully we'll get some ideas out there and start working on it. And it's a lot of also workshopping and learning on the other side.
0: And not to do a plug, but do you know if they're still... Because I know they were looking for... Um, they are
1: still looking for WGI con people and okay. WGI future leaders
0: program yeah. people. That are the That is the two things that I think they are looking there's for. Still, it's still open, yeah. So you can go on WGI.org and there's a open and it's open to if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure there is for color guard wins and percussion. Yes. All three sections. And I don't believe there's an age limit. I
1: think you have to be involved within WGI unit and like in the past year, at least. And Uh uh, you just have, you know, typical application process some recommendation letters and some essay questions. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it is worth applying and worth doing the program. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: So yeah, so Litzia is like a good leader, not going to brag about it, but you are also on the leadership side of things right now, as far as like, um, maybe your generation, because you were, is it just, you were a guard captain, but I don't know how how it was called at Boston. (laughs) I was flag captain. (laughs) Uh, Flag captain? Yeah, on leadership. On leadership. The umbrella term. She, she was uh captain for Lazy Clips also at the end of the your career to my year career. So. But not career, but implication <laughs> with the yes. until you moved and left us. No, 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 until you and um and yeah, but what's interesting, what one of the things that are really interesting with Litsia and what we're gonna explore today is how you I'm not gonna say that you it's not the importance that you went to so many drum corps and color guards and stuff it's just how how or maybe you were but since a very young age you were on the pursuit to go as far as you could and the organization or or the staff didn't maybe they scared you but you went for it every time I never really um, remember a year that you were just in your house thinking about it and not actually planning on steps to do it um and now we are technically, yet again, you know more than I do because I'm so here, but technically most of the groups in, in the US have their casts, right? So they're going to start their show and it's when in the season that um, uh, new members are coming in, new staff, new choreographers and stuff. So I wanted to go in depth maybe a little bit about this and with your experience and your um your guidance, maybe help some people. So before we go into specific questions that I have for you, um, I always just ask the guest, if I tell you the word, what makes you, what's the first thing that comes up to mind? So if I come and I tell you the word adapt, what's the first thing that comes up to mind? It can apply to Color Guard or not, but adapt. I
1: think when I think of adaptation, I think of it as a two-way street, as in, whether that's Color Guard or any community you become a part of, any place you start finding your home in, I think the person that is new tends to have to adapt. That is the most general term mm. we think of when we think of adapting. Mm-hmm. But I think the environment around it has to adapt to the new person to not only welcome them, but welcome what they have to bring to the group and welcome mm-hmm. what they new people can bring change and great things. And mm. it's hard to adapt, but I think it brings us forward.
0: I think there's a part of the word that we may be at least I'm going to talk to me about myself but I'm almost scared of because for me to adapt is hopefully not to mold myself to what is expected but a little bit of it like I don't know if it's with you that I was talking about this but how can we um, celebrate and enjoy everyone's unique point of view artistry and all this but in a sport where Unison and synchronicity is so important, and doing everything the same from a person to another is evaluated, right? So, so it's going to be interesting to just to find maybe the comfort in a in adaptation without losing yourself, type of thing. But you're right; I think organizations should also adapt every year. And there's great organizations that actually do it. I'm going to think of AMP that usually doesn't shows their show before, like way after tech season, like because they want to adapt the show to the cast they have, right? So so yeah. Um so let's go further with the first question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can you share a memorable moment that you had in your color guard career where you felt like you had to adapt on the spot, like on the moment, maybe something that happened and you had to change. I mean, there's obviously many moments that have happened because I have been in different places
1: at different times in my life Mm. but i think the most shocking to me at first was the language barrier Mm. (laughs) because i it was i think it was a barrier of many things because also a cultural barrier whether that's actual you know country culture or Mm. culture because Mm. i had always been taught by the same people and you know, they were like family, they are like family. And like, I was used to them, communicating th- with them in French openly always. And I went to the U S and it was just different and it wasn't bad. It was just, first of all, I had to, I mean, adapt as in speak a completely different language now, which I wasn't that at English at first. Like I was efficient, but I wasn't that fast, I guess. And I, I mean, I learned how to look around and yeah, yeah. adapt very fast, yeah, yeah. but I think the barrier that was the most notable to me in that was adapting to different communication styles, even outside of language,
0: Ah.
1: how it is, it is an open communication. Yes. But you have to go through like the hierarchy of like going through leadership, which makes sense. But like I was in small groups which uh, which there was I get no what leadership. you're saying. Like
0: you don't uh, in the US or maybe maybe because you were in um I don't want to say world class group, but you don't go to your captioned right away, right? There's I people mean, yeah, you, you go can to before you. If yeah. you have
1: like a an issue you really want to talk to them with, but generally mm-hmm. like look around, ask mm-hmm. someone next to you. If mm-hmm. they can't answer, ask your captain mm-hmm. and that captain will, if necessary, bring it up to the captioned. Unless they tell you that they will like, and it's something that was shocking to me at first. Cause even like in high school, we didn't have captains. No. So I was just, I had to come up to the staff and be like, Hey, whatever. I hurt my pinky. I don't know, like mm. anything, but it wasn't the case in bigger groups, which I later on was the person that was like, Hey, this is how communication goes yeah. in this organization. Because When you have that big of a group, of course, like caption heads are close to their members and they want Mm -hmm. that link and everything, but they can't be like completely overwhelmed by like everything, different different members talking to them constantly when they, I mean, they do have a job to do.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting because the first thing that would come up to mind is the lingo, because it's just some of the, and I'd be, I'd be interested to see other international or mother speaking other languages than French, because we know we know our language, right? But, so there's words that are completely different, like numbers, By and then... Counting I in English. Say, counting content. in English. Like, <laughs> that sounds obvious, but it's... it's for. I mean, whether you're a color guard or a baseball person, one, two, three, four is the same thing, and you most of the time know the translation of it. Or hopefully if you join the American Drum Corps color guard, you know. But tosses and turns and and triple and those little things that it seems so obvious for you guys but it's not because it's not the words that we use and sometimes we use a word but it means something like we use the English word but it means something it means else something else and like a spin. where we use it in a different yeah yeah it's it's just very so different and, and confusing but yeah not that different so feel more confusing. I don't know. It, it probably happens for Japanese and Netherlands people and all that. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it must happen, but do you have, and then for that, for, and then you're saying more about like the, I don't want to say the higher care communication, but the, the organizational side of things, like how did you manage to, to feel more comfortable with it or get to know, or is there tips or something maybe you, you hope you've done before joining.
1: I think. Um, It's important that, again, is up to you, but also not always up to you, but having uh, people in a leadership position, whether that's your captains or the caption ed, that you know you can trust in that communication. I, I think that knowing I could go to a captain with an issue and they would be sure to either solve it, look into it, or bring it up to someone else who could help. When It seems kind of obvious to say, but sometimes captains are still members Mm -hmm. and they're still young sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't have the capacity to understand what is the issue and they're going to learn eventually. But in that moment, they might just be like, well, I'm going to dismiss it because that is a problem I don't want to deal with. That is a problem I don't feel comfortable dealing with. But having those captains that I was able to go to and be like, hey, this is an issue. This is what I've been feeling. This is whatever. And knowing that they had the tools or were aware enough that if they didn't have the tools, they could go elsewhere to get them. I think is very important. But that is up to them. For my side, I mean, it's up to them. It's up to a lot of different factors. But for my side of things, I think... It was time definitely helped because at first I was also young. Like I started going into the U S when I was like 15 and I was a very quiet person by nature. So it wasn't ever an issue as in I would directly speak to someone and just like, I don't know, disrupt the chain of command or whatever that's called. I would just tend to not say anything. Mm -hmm. If I had an issue, we're not going to say anything because I, I can't bring it up to the caption head. I don't know where I'm going to bring it up. So just Mm -hmm being aware as a member that you do have those resources and your voice deserves to be heard
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you deserve to have the experience that you, you know, paid for paid for, which, <laughs> which is a wild concept. I, I remind know. myself of it so many times yeah. we are paying for this. And yeah. as much as we have responsibilities, we yeah. deserve an experience.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. There's like two things of this. There's one, like I think your first was with your, f- it was cabs, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that situation, and I think maybe for a lot of international people, and and it's it's fun that we're going more on that side because it's 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 very exotic for a lot of people because they most drum corps people don't go through the international side of things, right? Because they're based in, in the, US the U.S. and they're performing there, and but um, I, when an international person joins, they're either from what I've seen they're either taken under someone's wing but maybe more of in a sense of do you have food don't eat alone like the process of yes of how we rehearse who we talk to it, I don't think it's something that they know that is different for us because they don't know what and and then yet yet again that applies to anyone like someone that comes just from marching band and never drummed drum corps like there are things that are different like that your captains and your leaders cannot know what you don't know, cannot know the in comfort that you have. Cause they don't know your full on experience that you have to there. And on the other side, often we have that one or two or three, like it's very, not, not very rare, but it, Sometimes we move in pack. <laughs> so like you went to cabs because I was there and Joelle was there. And cause there was yeah. a mystery of people from Quebec going there. Right. And there's almost a, th- a thought that because we come in a pack, like I taught you everything and, and, and you knew before. I know going. everything. You knew what I know. You know yeah. what I know because we come all together, but that's not true. It's not necessarily true. And they're to a certain point where, Um, you were so you were not my section you were so far like they're so so care about everyone (laughs) Um, but I think it applies like we're saying this as international people but it applies like I said to anyone because no one has I'm thinking of uh, Kevin Kutzer that told me like maybe two or three years ago how so many people of the world-class blessed sacrament that season came from marching band didn't necessarily do winter guard so they didn't even know how to Some of them, not all of them, because, I mean, they're world class. But, yeah, fold a tarp, open a tarp. Like, (laughs) it was uh, unknown to them, right?
1: Disparities in knowledge, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different experiences. um, But being aware of that will strengthen you as an organization. Because even, like, don't take anything for granted. Because even, I think, like, last year, like, folding the tarp. I had never fanfolded a tarp the way we did. Right? Uh-huh. And they took the time mm-hmm. to teach everybody mm-hmm. exactly how it was going to be done mm-hmm. and how the, what the steps were and what the expectations were for us. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's world-class. Sometimes you expect people to have that experience. Some people don't, though. Yeah. So, and some people do it differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it just says a lot about the expectations you can have of your members and what you can bring to them as well.
0: Now, something that can apply to everyone: you went from an organization to another, and there's a point where I trained you—not the first year, but I trained you since you started, right? And when you go into the U.S., but even from an organization to another, technique, the way of teaching, the way of uh, learning choreography from a choreographer to another—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, there are different teaching styles. There different the lingo changes and the technique changes. How? do you think is the best way to approach um adapting yourself to to that to new techniques to new way of learning first of all it's scary like mm-hmm. i'm still jumping into another
1: organization and i yeah i'm still nervous and i was at auditions or like at the first camp and i was like wow i'm terrified i don't know like how they choreograph things how it works and like while I've heard great things about them, it's still scary because I don't know exactly what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think acknowledge that, acknowledging that this is going to be scary and that is okay because most new experiences are and it ends up turning fine most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yes, you're going to feel completely lost at first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe if you jump from similar choreographers to like another Not as much, but you're going to feel lost, but that place between your comfort zone and what you're doing right now, that's the growth you're going to have. So feel lost, Mm -hmm. embrace it. Just accept that you might not succeed at exactly what is happening right now, as fast as you wish you did, or Mm -hmm. as fast as some other people around you that have Mm -hmm. been here for years. But you are gonna have that much more opportunity for growth mm-hmm. because you're gonna learn so much more from so, much, so many different people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, grow <laughs> there's a saying that says growth hurts and it may be a little harsh, but I, I think it's I think it's most of the time true. Mm-hmm. And now you're with Lexus. So you were with, and I don't wanna put maybe uh, I was gonna say something, but I'm gonna change my wording. Um maybe it's an assumption or that I have or that people have, but from it feels or it looks like from Boston to Pride it looks like philosophies are, are shared or similar or, or, or techniques or why or is it a complete assumption from the outside I would say it is an assumption that I also oh, really? did have
1: uh-huh because what is factually true is that hmm. even last year 50% of the membership at Pride had marched Boston at some point okay so yes technically there's that connection but even like staff member-wise, there's one, like the our dance staff is the only person that is common between the two groups. Mm. And maybe technique, I'm, I mean, I feel like usually technique tends to be similar in similar areas and yeah. the higher you go, the similar, the more similar to technique, unless you go to like very specific places. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the philosophy is, I wouldn't say the opposite because there's still, you know, work ethic and all of that. Yeah. But I feel like Boston is very um, work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would obviously rehearse like a lot and yeah. just we had access to this gym after hours and we'd be there until hours in the yeah. morning yeah. on our own. Like the staff yeah. was not there. This no. was just the, the staff philosophy. would stop you. <laughs> yeah. The staff would be like, hey, do you want a burger? Can really? you go to bed now? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so this, was just the philosophy of how it's you're supposed to do things. That also meant that we like messed around a lot sometimes because we we if you're able to achieve what you need to achieve, then you have the time to do sometimes what might be stupid things. Yeah. But in drum corps, <clears throat> it brings you so much joy. Yeah, like have a water balloon fight, like you yeah, know yeah. the little things yeah. that will make you super happy, or like have a block off because. Because like yeah, you're yeah. gonna have fun. Pride obviously has that work ethic of like you're gonna work hard. We had access to like facilities, um, because we slept at the place that we rehearsed. But we rehearsed, yes, late. Let's say we end up at like nine thirty or something. We had until maybe eleven thirty, midnight, mm. but then the lights would go up mm. and everybody would have to be in bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be wherever you want. Just don't bother anyone.
0: Yeah,
1: it's They're expecting us to rehearse and do our thing. But yes, it's on your own time. But it's mostly on rehearsal time where you have a lot of like work on your own time or like stuff like that because different parts and different shows mean that you're not going to get work to work with all the time. So that professionalism, like expectation meant that like, I am in no way saying pride was not fun, but it's less work hard, play hard and more like a smooth, like just work consistently, like in this professional manner. And you get to go to bed at like 12 and not maybe at like three in the morning, which nobody ever forced anyone to go to bed at three in the morning. But it still was just, we'd be in the gym practicing. And that was, I think there is obviously common aspects. Many high achieving groups, no matter what class they are, will have, you know, a certain level of work ethic, this expectation of their members. But I think Boston and Pride, while there seems to be somehow the gateway, like a pipeline, um, are still different in their approaches.
2: Hey everyone, it's Jeremy, the producer from On A Water Break, the main show, and while you're enjoying this great bonus content from some amazing hosts, there's a whole other show happening with guests, news, and plenty of other fun things that you and your friends are talking about on a water break. So take a moment, go subscribe so that you can get your notifications every week for the main episode of On A Water Break. If you have news or know of somebody that would be a great guest, or maybe you would be a great guest. Email us at onawaterbreakpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at onawaterbreak. And now back to this fantastic bonus content. And we'll see you at the show.
0: How did you feel about going to another organization also like this year, going starting from, from new maybe? And, and what are the what are you comfortable uh, hopefully you're comfortable to say that seems the most different for you with Lexus.
1: i think so when i was deciding what to do obviously because this was a big question mark for like most of my summer i was like i do i want to do color guard do i want to teach do i want to march do i want to if i want to march what are my options and i ended up you know deciding on Lexis for multiple reasons. I had heard great things about their movement program and stuff like that. But I was extremely nervous. And it's it's crazy because just the year before I was in a new organization, but in the winter I was still used. I did five years in an organization, five years in another, and the two organization has very common o- like overlap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did ten years with some very similar people. Yeah. And yeah,
0: then and, and Lizzie clips then were pretty much not the same, but pretty much the same. Like,
1: yeah. like the staff was very similar. The staff and
0: the members, part of the also. members,
1: Yeah. And then I went to Pride, but Pride was still somehow known because, I mean, I said half the cast was had marched Boston at some point. Maybe I hadn't marched maybe with all of them, but I had marched with like at least ten, twelve, maybe fifteen of them. So I wasn't jumping into complete unknown. Um, and I had worked with the dance choreographer, the dance person at Pride, um, and I really enjoyed working with him. So I was like, I'm not jumping into this unknown. I'm obviously taking a big leap of faith and all of that. But it's, while well, it was terrifying. It wasn't as scary as I feel like this year was. I, going into auditions, I was unbearably stressed. and. I hadn't been this stressed in a very long time. Like I obviously was super nervous at auditions. Um, auditions make me nervous for multiple reasons. Um, but I just didn't know. First of all, the first one of auditions, I didn't know who was going to be there. Members? Member wise. I uh-huh. had no clue. I was going with this other person that I had never met before. We met at like that person lived in Indy. And mm-hmm. we went together because it made sense. I didn't march with them. I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go out there and try my best. And mm-hmm. I don't know any of this staff, And mm-hmm. this is terrifying. What if it goes terribly wrong? Mm. Um, first of all, I showed up and there were like almost 10 people from Pride's cast last year. Oh, wow that was crazy. I did like, we talked, but I guess we didn't talk about talk. this. <laughs> we were like, how was your day? But like, yeah. are you going to be at Lexus Editions this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> was obviously not on the topic of conversation, I guess. Uh-huh. So that made me feel a little better in that way because I was like, okay, I am not alone, which uh-huh. is a big thing. But then again, it would have been fine if I was alone. Yeah, yeah. I did most of my drum corps auditions alone. Uh-huh. Like. But having that safety net of like, okay, I won't have to like make completely new friends. Of course I want to make new friends, but I won't have to start from complete scratch Mm
2: -hmm.
1: was um, comforting, I guess. But the whole idea of the new staff to me where there was not one like gateway person, like Mm -hmm. not one single person that I had to work with previously Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, this is going to be completely new. I could fall straight on my face. I could, you know, not be what they want. I could Mm -hmm. um, just not fit the style whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was super anxious about it. Um, it was, I went to auditions and it was great. Uh, I was stressed as our Mm -hmm. auditions are stressful naturally, but the style I really appreciated while it was different than like what I had experienced before. It was still something that, you know, it's color guard in the end. Yeah. When you like start getting all in your head and you're like, this is a different style and it's true. It's going to change and that's going to have an impact, Mm -hmm. but you're still spinning a flag or a weapon. If that's, you know, Mm -hmm. your thing, um, dancing, it's technically the same pieces are just being assembled differently. Mm -hmm. So, there was a moment of adaptation where I was like, okay, like, even like if I'm thinking of just like dance, I was like, we're more like grounded or we're more this or like, mm-hmm. but you take that notice and you like take a moment to be like, okay, I see this, I see this, you absorb it and you try your best to do it. And I guess it, it works out or it doesn't, but it did work out and I'm very grateful for it. Lexis for as a difference with pride, I mean, I we only had auditions like two rounds of auditions and then uh, a one week in a rehearsal,
0: so it's kind of hard to say exactly. Because this week, because you're you're gonna start to learn the show probably soon, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Do you like? How are you having? What's your headspace going to learning a new program? Because I know that learning the program at Pride was completely different than what we were doing at Lazy Clips. And maybe it's going to be different at Lexus, maybe not. And I, I think it's,
1: I think it's still going to be different. I have no clue how the like staging process, which is, I think the staging process is one of the most Most. interesting process, but very different everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, at Clips, we were very like, first of all, we don't have that much space to go up. (laughs) No. So we're very like close and we, you know, do things organically. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I didn't stage. I was a member. <laughs> um, yeah. But at Pride, even the, when I was told and what happened the first as we staged, I was like, whoa. Um, uh, Michael Gaines comes in and he is like up in the area that is up in our, where we rehearse. And uh, first of all, he knows everybody's names, which is Incredibly. yeah very far in for me
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was wild to me i was like we yeah. are 32 people you teach many color guards and we have not rehearsed yet with you and you took a time to learn our name, respect i think was respect. really respectful and meaningful mm. but he or they everyone works up there i don't know what mm-hmm. the magic happens mm-hmm. um they like stage but you're not like this is your uh little your number puzzle yeah you are not going to be in what your dot is. Hmm. Like I fully had a, wa- a rifle in my hand when we were doing, and they like told <laughs> us, they were like, they like, don't get attached. And I was like, I am not. I don't want <laughs> but, um, they stage with people. Mm-hmm. And then they put the performers into people's spots, mm-hmm. which, which I think it was a new concept to me. I hadn't experienced that before. Like obviously, people can switch spots and like mm-hmm. something's changed. That's mm-hmm. just color guard. But that specific approach was very different to me. I'm very excited to see how Alexis stages because yeah. I'm curious. I like learning new things. Um, I'm very I think Rick Sugal is coming in this weekend, so I'm very mm. excited to get to learn from mm-hmm. what we're gonna have. But yeah.
0: So last question before we go into a break. Now you're saying that adapting involves learning from other people and, and organizations and, and the other way around. Is there any people you've met that you would consider mentors, maybe a big word, but role model or examples for adapting and growth in general that you cross, that cross your path, people that marked you, and helped you to become a better adaptable person. <laughs> adaptable
1: person? I am, I mm, mean, that's a very good question. Because there's like, I see a lot of people in my life that I'm like, wow, you have had such an impact on me. Mm. Sometimes it's hard to detail how.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think, mm, I would say that one of the people I are dance staff at Boston. I mean, I am not marching Boston anymore. It's been two years. But you're part Um,
0: of it forever type of
1: thing, Yes, I'm an alumni. Um, But uh, Brady Sanders, the staff Mm -hmm. at uh, Boston and also at Pride, um, was just, I mean, he was part of different organizations. I think a lot of the Pride staff also had been at Cavy's and that's where he was teaching before he taught at Boston. Um, He is just very... He makes me want to be the teacher that he is yeah. because he adapts himself to students that he has in front of him. Mm-hmm. He like when we, this is seems like such a simple thing, but we're like choreographing a part of the show and he's like, okay, um, we're a duet. My friend and I are just like heel stretch promenading mm-hmm. doing things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, which leg is better for you? Yeah. Like that's the type of questions that he's going to ask always to make sure that you're comfortable and that he's adapting Yes, he's going to teach you things. Like, obviously, that's what he's here for. But he's going to adapt his teaching and his style and himself to make sure that you get what you need and you are comfortable and you're able to achieve the best that you can, which Mm -hmm. I think is very important. And I think it also shows him, like, yes, the way that he teaches choreography, but also Mm -hmm. how he approaches people in life, like how Mm -hmm. he approaches students and treats them.
0: Mm -hmm. Really cool. Cool, thank you. So we'll go for a little... I don't know how to say this commercial (laughs) promo and we'll come back with you for a little bit more questions about adapting and adapt.
2: Hey, this is Christine Reem. and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out
1: your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment.
2: The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at GuardCloset.com and follow us on social media.
0: Hi, welcome back. So let's go with the, like we said, the power through of the last questions, <laughs> going with yet again the word adapt. Um, we talked about adaptation in a gym and a teaching situation, choreography, and all of that. How do you think it reflects within the adaptation and how to adapt within the culture and our community and Collegard in general? Like, do you think things change or adapt? I think. I think, I mean,
1: things are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we as a community want to be open to change. We have that willingness. However, does it actually happen? Not always. Um, I think we want to innovate. It's written in the judging sheets and we are all about innovation and all of that. And it's very important to us, but sometimes innovating can look different than what we think. Um, and adapting would maybe adapting to certain people coming in or certain other disciplines or other sports or w- what they can bring us could, you know, help us grow, help us move forward if we adapt ourselves to that change. But sometimes we do require every single person that comes into this activity to adapt to this very specific activity. And I think it has its good sides because it is a very specific, you know, community and family and all of that. And it creates this, you know, sense of togetherness. And, but I think it can limit the amount of growth we can have as mm-hmm. a community, as a, group, as a community, because we set our boundaries for ourselves in that way.
0: That's, <laughs> I feel like this is like such a big, and and we can go into depth a little bit later but you're i think you're right i think i think this generation and even i'm saying not this but in this space and time I shouldn't talk about a generation but in this space and time i the community is open to growth and change and movement but to apply and to m- make how can i say this to they we're big on putting tools out right now i feel like there's a lot of videos there's a lot of tools there's a lot of of guides of conduct that never existed even like what 10 years ago or even before there's um uh inside investigation and i'm going into this but you're right it's also into how we spin how we move how like even how we judge and I think we're very, very open on putting tools and to make sure that everything is better and and within growth, but then to to adapt from the result that those tests and those tools, I don't know how to. I mean, I think what an example of this can be like how
1: they implemented safe sport. Mm -hmm. So the Olympics use safe sport. Now, Color Guard and Winter Guard, WGI and whatever you and DCI Mm -hmm. um, require a safe sport as well. Um, We have made that step because we brought something that another activity was showing us was good. And we brought, you know, those tools, those investigations, those things. But sometimes those investigations are done and they, you know, expose certain things that might not, some things obviously are exposed and immediately dealt with. Some things are exposed and we are questioning, is this something we really want to change? Is this a part of our culture? Is this a part of who we are? And should we really apply the changes that are necessary sometimes to maybe make this activity more welcoming or more, you know, at times better for performers or even for staff members. But we have put the tools out there. There is whistleblower's po- whistleblower policies and all of that. Um, what we do with those tools is still up in the air. Technically, there are guidelines for that still. Technically, if this happens, you should do this. If this happens, you should do this. But some gray areas, like even we, I think we were talking about it at some point during a um, future leaders meeting, but there are gray areas in, even in whistleblowers and in what is considered more emotional abuse like what is considered emotional abuse in this sport where this sport that is born from the military that is incredibly regimented to how far can you go until you as a staff member or even as a member go too far put certain things out there that don't make the space or the community as safe and as welcoming as it could be it's hard to determine that and sometimes these investigations and these whistleblowers put out certain behaviors out there and change doesn't happen because we can't decide yet if this is something that is too far for us or not
0: why yeah the obvious things seem obvious and and some groups i mean you know the obvious things brings obvious uh Results, recommendation yeah. and and, and but the, yeah, I think, but it, you know how I am, <laughs> I'm very hopeful in everything. And I like to see the good thing And you know, I think it's just where we are in time right now. Like that's, it's the struggle that the community is going through right now is what do we do with it now? Yeah. So yeah. now that our Bible is on, in place, what, how, how do we not implement just implement there. but how do we follow through right yeah so follow through people but it's not easy it's 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 not easy whatsoever from every standpoint i think from the people that are really not for it to the directors that want to implement but need to find the balance within it to the members going through things that are worth being whistleblown to the people that are going through things that are maybe not worth whistleblowing but they're doing it because that's how they feel they can be heard like it's it's navigating through this but i think it's very important to be talked about and and you're right um now to finalize this um how would you recommend someone if someone was hesitant to join a new guard or a different uh organization or how do you would you encourage them and Just how to embrace adaptation and going forward with. I think um, maybe the one piece of advice I would say is.
1: Obviously, you can't not have expectations. You're going to have expectations for yourself, for them, for that organization. And you don't have to lower or make them higher. But just try and come with a blank slate. And everybody has their personal history and experiences and all of that. And that's what makes our community better. And that's what makes it interesting. But being that person that's going to be teachable and that's going to be someone that can make its place in an organization. And yes, you're a blank slate. So you're, I think blank slate is the wrong word. Blank is the wrong word. But an open mind, Um, open to change on your side will make other people in front of you open to change on their side. Because if you adapt to them and to the ways that are taught to you and what is what you are told is the way it is, and sometimes that is the good way. But like that's Things have to change at times. Sometimes they don't. And when you're taught the way that it is, you can be like, okay, I'm adapting to this, but I also, this could be different. This is what I can bring to the table. And if you adapt to them, they're going to want to adopt to you because if you close that door, it's a, it's a two way street. No, one's going to want to adapt to you at all.
0: Well, thank you very much for this conversation. It's always nice to to see each other and talk. And I think it's, I think, it I'm, I was, I was going to say I hope, but I'm really sure it's going to help a lot of people and, and it gives us, you and I, a lot of ideas, I think, for mm-hmm. for future subjects. Um, so as we conclude, and I say thank you again, um, if people want to follow you and your journey, and, and now you're putting twirls out there. I saw your first... Uh, yeah i'm like don't remind me i'll delete it (laughs) no no um should they try to follow you on instagram is that yeah they
1: can follow me on instagram uh it's i don't know
0: my name might be in the description
1: of the podcast it's probably in the title okay well my first name and last name all together l-a-e-t-i-t-i-a-m-i-r-o-n because yes i know that is hard to write um, you can follow me. You can message me if you ever feel like it. I usually answer um, unless it ends up in the weird place on Instagram where it's like trash things. Is, the, is there um,
0: a weird place? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's like
1: a, an <laughs> inbox. I go to my inbox and I get like yeah. messages or like people that I don't always know that message me sometimes. Mostly like color guard people. And yeah. there's my regular inbox. And then More. you can go to like the... It's not spam. But there's... People that you don't follow type of thing? People that you don't follow and that you don't... You might not have as many, like, followers in common. Mm-hmm. So I guess it puts them in that category and you can, like, go check. It's like invitations. It happens on
0: Messenger, too, and I have,
1: like, yes. my real-life clients. really, really, really people that I don't know.
0: No, I look like... Uh, no, I, no. there's... out anyways. Like, this week, I don't know why I went into my spam
2: for some sort of
0: reason... <laughs> And I saw a conversation that it's like two of my, I, I won't say their names, but I let you know on, on the other side, it's friends, like friends, friends, and they're talking about a party, like, hey, we should do this. And I never respond. And, and, but I talked to the, that's good. Yeah. Sometimes it's so, unless you become, and you go to that weird area and hopefully. I you shall won't. answer. <laughs> I really do. People <laughs> write to me sometimes about like drum corps and stuff, yeah. and I'm
1: always happy to answer anything. That's really cool.
0: So, merci beaucoup, Leticia. And hopefully this conversation uh, inspired anyone else to come and join me. I want to talk to everyone, people I know and people I don't know. And whether you're a well-known person in this activity or simply someone who wants to have a meaningful conversation with me this podcast this podcast sorry is all about giving everyone a chance to be heard because everyone has a voice so you can reach us on on a water break at all the social media or me at Cynthia Byrne Cynthia Byrne <laughs> on Instagram or Cynthia Bernard on Facebook and like Dizia unless you end up in some sort of <laughs> space Limbo. That we don't know exists we will answer you um so yeah so thank you very much everyone and thank you Ditsia, and talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.